Welcome back to Good Girls, presented by HUDAP. We're your hosts. I am Michaela. And I'm Siobhan. On the Good Girls podcast, we will be tearing down societal expectations of the good girl, reminding the podcast universe that good girls are real people with valid wants, needs, and desires. This is a shame-free zone. Whether you consider yourself a good girl or a bad girl, we're all one and the same. This podcast is brought to you by the team at HUDAP the alternative approach to commitment-free dating. On this week's episode, we have a little bit of a special themed Pride Month episode. And just a little note, as you guys know, we are based in New Zealand and our Pride Month is actually February. For the sake of the world being US-centric, we're going to do a little bit of a celebration for US Pride Month and we are going to be talking about exploring your sexuality. It just means that we get two Pride Months. Exactly. That is a non-issue. That is actually a benefit I think about so you get two country. months I get one because I get half of each mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. being by I get half of Feb's half of June's and ironically enough I decided to take the second half so my pride month started yesterday okay great perfect love that yeah yeah good so as a little bit of a precursor I have a cheeky feeling that this is going to be quite a long episode so you know strap in no this is gonna be a short episode okay Michaela's a lesbian I'm bye thank you guys so much for coming you can transfer any funds to one two slash blah 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 blah. (laughs) give me your money because I'm gay yeah it's pride month and that's called helping those in need (laughs) and I am in Need. She is in need. <laughs> so we are going to be having a little rundown. I'm going to get a bit deeper meaningful and talk about my old, you know, queer experience. But we're also going to talk about how one explores their sexuality, the pros and cons of experimentation, and just some general gay shit. Are we here for it? Yeah. I'm only here for the girls, gays, and theys. As you should be. As you should be. Um, so as it should be, no shock to anyone listening to this podcast. I'm a queer woman. Mm-hmm. I am in a long-term relationship with my wonderful, wonderful girlfriend. And I have a bit of a strange coming out story. Not a strange one, but I feel like when you look at kind of coming out stories in the media and in movies and TV and stuff, there's a pretty clear-cut series of events that you come to expect. There is yeah. some big, scary realization. There is a really challenging conversation with friends or family that more often than not goes really badly. There's usually some kind of big love that ends up being not a big love and then some hardship and then a nice little bow to wrap it all up and that is coming out done um that was not my experience and I think we need to have more voices and more experiences shared that don't fit into that mold that we've kind of come to expect with coming out so I don't actually have in my memory a definitive moment of hmm maybe I'm gay or oh yeah I'm gay. That was never part of my experience. I feel like from the get-go, I just kind of existed and not existed in a, oh, I'm gay from birth kind of way. That is a completely valid experience and it's a relatively common experience. Um, I didn't really have any kind of nod to what sex or gender I might end up with as any kind of defining moment of my growing up experience. It just it wasn't it. And I grew up very rural. I grew up in a very, very small town. There was about 600 people in the town that I lived in for a significant portion of my formative years. And in that town, there was one openly gay individual and he was a man. And he was quite a quote unquote stereotypical gay man. He was very flamboyant. He was very confident. He was very cheeky and flirty and like all around phenomenal dude. He was significantly older than me. He was 
pretty good friends with my older sister, even though there was still a decent age gap there. But when you grow up so rural and you live in such a small town, age doesn't really become a factor in terms of who you build relationships with. It's kind of more about access. Yeah. And so like I said, I had for a decent chunk of that time, I had one gay person that I knew of in my town. As I got a little bit older, that grew to two. The other one of which was a woman. She was actually my woodwork hard hat teacher at okay. school. She was very butch. She was absolutely wonderful. The perfect balance of being someone that was very caring whilst also being a really hard ass that took absolutely no shit from anyone. She was great at keeping the boys in line. And it wasn't until a lot later in my life that I really grew to appreciate her and who she was for me as a kid. But in general, kind of anti-gay language growing up was a lot more derogatory towards boys and towards men. The only kind of negative things that I would hear about being gay was almost exclusively about being a gay man and like the obviously negative slang use of the word gay, all of that kind of stuff. So between the ages of like six or seven and like 13, 14, that was kind of the experience. Minimal gay people, gay derogatory terms only used towards men. That was kind of my foundation. That's not to say that (laughs) it was okay because the gay insults and the negative gay language wasn't directed towards women so it was a non-issue it was still obviously a problem yeah but it wasn't also like I was in a uber religious family or an uber conservative family we didn't really have conversations about queerness growing up but I knew that I was in a very liberal supportive understanding family that that was not something that I actively had to think about and I will get onto this later but I was never very scared of eventually coming out to my family which is a very lucky experience. Like I said, none of us were were very religious to any great extent. I actually did go to church voluntarily for a, a decent chunk of my childhood. In hindsight, it was probably a decent amount of internalized homophobia, but not necessarily something that I could recognize at the time and actually ended up being a very universal experience. A lot of queer people that I have in my life now had some stint with God at some point. It just ended up being quite a common part of the experience, which I didn't realize until a lot later. So like I said, my family wasn't very like, ooh, woo, gay people, pride, but they were very liberal, very inclusive. Like especially my mom, who I spent the vast majority of my childhood with, like for a long time in my childhood, it was mostly me and my mom and my older sister. And we were like the little three musketeers. That was our little gang. I have a great relationship with my dad. I always had. He just lived far away from us and I only saw him a couple of times a year. And mum has always been a big believer in like fighting for what's right. She was a big protester in her youth and was like a very kind of, you know, fuck the system kind of woman. And I love that about her. And my dad was also very supportive. He wasn't conservative at all. He did have probably a little bit more conservative influence growing up, but that didn't really resonate with him. And he had a lot of gay friends that he met through work and maintained very beautiful, wonderful friendships with. And to be fair, a decent amount of my exposure to older successful gay couples that had beautiful relationships that had been together for a very long time. Um, My dad was inadvertently kind of my access to that which I thought was really cool and I really appreciate it now as an adult. So like I said, I was never really that afraid of coming out to them. But at the same time, I didn't really feel the need for some big coming out moment. I never felt like I was gay or I was straight. I was just kind of like, I'm existing. I'm having a fun time. And so because I also never had this like big aha moment of, oh, I'm a gay person. I just started dating women. That's kind of (laughs) how that worked. And even though I had had like before my first kind of quote unquote serious, as serious of a relationship as you can have at 17, I had had flings with other women and like little smooches and little fun times. But it wasn't really until I was in a committed relationship with someone that I cared a lot about 
did I feel the need to kind of announce that to anyone? Mm. Um, and that's actually been kind of like a running theme in my queerness is that unless I'm in a relationship or it's very environment and situational dependent, I don't feel a huge amount of need to shout from the rooftop. For me, it's about having respect for your relationship and not making them feel like they have to be a secret or that I have to hide them or mm. that I don't value our relationship enough to be open and honest about that to other people. That is usually the point in which I'm like, okay, everyone that needs to know should know and that's great so it wasn't until I was in this relationship that I came out to my family and for the vast majority my family and friends were really supportive my family a lot more than my friends were supportive including my late then 90 year old grandmother she was wonderful she didn't even kind of blink an eye and was very much like you know whatever makes you happy there was a little bit of the classic I just don't want your life to be any harder than it needs to be lines which to an extent I understand it it can be hard and they're also you know all of my family members are coming from a perspective of like both my parents were in their 20s when the AIDS crisis was happening and saw a lot of whole treatment of gay people in media and television and massive amounts of the world not only was gay marriage not legalized but you could get in serious trouble for being gay yeah and so I understand that mentality of I don't want your life to be harder I think it just then became kind of my prerogative to show them that things have changed and my life isn't going to necessarily be any harder I knew that none of it was coming from a perspective of kind of denouncing who I am or trying to change me so that was nice yeah I love you and I don't want your life to be hard but I'm not saying this to make you change. Yeah. It's just like, it sucks that life is, hard. life is hard. Yeah, exactly. Very much at this point, all I had said to anyone was that I was dating a woman. There was no, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian, I'm this, that, and the other thing. It was, I'm dating someone and she is a woman. And I actually never put any kind of clear, definitive labels on myself. And to be fair, I barely do these days as well. I'm very comfortable with the word queer. I have gone through a lot of kind of mental debate and struggle with that word because it is so loaded to so many communities and in so many people's lives. Um, Now with a lot of us having reclaimed it and a lot of the meanings have changed, it's a word that I feel very comfortable with. But it was actually my grandmother who uh, asked me, do you think you'll be gay forever? Or do you think you'll be with women forever? And at that point, And still, I do think I will be with women forever. I'm an intelligent enough person to know that sexuality is a spectrum and things change and people change. And I don't foresee that being my future, but I feel like it would be ignorant to say a hard and fast rule of this is what it's going to be forever. I believe that it will be, but I can never be adamant because I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. Does that make sense? I get what you mean, but I can't imagine you being with anyone but your partner. Oh, me too. And I want to be with her forever. Yeah. Um, But I get what you mean when you don't want to make a hard and fast rule. Like I will always be how I am right now because you never know, like God forbid. God forbid. Something happened between you and your partner that I just can't foresee it anyway. But if something did, you never know. Yeah. And I am much more comfortable saying that I will be with my partner forever then I will be gay forever because my intention is to be with her for the rest of my life you can be with people and still find other people attractive also gay people aren't blind like Like, (laughs) you can still be attracted to people not act on it and not want to but 
objectively think this person's attractive or I could see me getting along with this person yeah. platonically but like yeah. romantically if that ever happened yeah. yeah I don't know I also feel like for you your big thing is personality and stuff yeah. like I don't imagine that you would rule anyone out based on gender no. or no. sexuality so I get what you mean yeah I think it's more at this point that for the vast majority of my kind of adolescent into my adult years I have exclusively dated women yeah has that been overtly intentional I don't know. I've just, I've dated women and that's what I've done. And to me, it feels like as simple as that. And I actually loved that that question came from my grandmother. And I thought it was funny because it was followed by statements like assuming that my, like she made assumptions that my grandfather was gay and was kind of trying to draw these parallels that like, it's kind of a genetic thing. Um, Her husband. Okay. Yeah, look, it's a time. And I never met him. And like, I mean, I did meet him, but I was very much Oh wait, so like, were they not together? Yeah. For, for a long time. And that's when she had her suspicions. I don't know. It's all the brain of a 90-year-old woman. Like, who's to say? And I do think it was, like, I wasn't old enough to know him. No one else has ever alluded to anything like that. If he was, cool. If I mean, anyone's going to know, it would be his <laughs> wife. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I do think it was just kind of her way of trying to make sense of a lifestyle that wasn't hers. I understand that. She didn't mean anything negatively by it. Not towards me and not towards him. She's just an old lady that grew up in a different time. Yeah. And bless her. We love her for it. she was trying to understand... Exactly. That's what's important is that it wasn't a judgment. It wasn't no. a negative thing. It was just like, she was I want to understand yeah. your life yeah. and who you are. Exactly. Um, and then since then, I have kind of, I've been kind of more or less selective about who I come out to because I think this is something that we're starting to talk about more, but wasn't talked about when I was growing up was that coming out is a continuous experience. Yeah. It is not a one hit wonder. You don't have this massive build up, say these things, and then you never have to talk about it ever again. I essentially come out every day for the most part. But because of that, I have also become quite selective as to who I come out to and what my situation is, what my environment is. And that's why I kind of connect it back to that conversation that we just had about it being quite relationship dependent, whether or not I'm in a relationship. But also I feel like you don't hide it. I remember when you first started working here and I met you, I don't think you came out and said, I'm dating a woman or I'm a lesbian or whatever. It was just like inferred between us, like talked about something and I was like, okay, she's dating a woman or whatever. Like you never actually said it. And then it was just an understanding. I don't think you've yeah. ever had to come out to me. We just, no. there was just like a, okay. Oh, we both, we, we know both what's going know on. that you're dating a woman. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's enough. And like, it wasn't like I was trying to hide it, babes. No. The workplace has been the real kind of hit and miss mm. area for me in terms of being authentic and outwardly authentic. There was a lot of really good green flags for me coming into this workplace that it was going to be more or less a safe environment so that did create a kind of base level of I still don't want to be overt about things but I don't feel like I'm going to get hate crimed in the workplace you know different situation but that hasn't been an experience throughout all of my employment funnily enough my first job in Auckland was at a retail store a very commonly known retail store targeted towards young men that sells both streetwear and suiting does that Does that give you... Kiwis, you'll know what I'm talking about. I think I also worked there. Yes. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And funnily enough, even though it was a men's store, the vast majority of the employees and my experience were always women. Um, And there was actually a significant amount of gay women that worked, especially within kind of my select stores that I would work in regularly. Also a significant amount of gay men. In general, a significant amount of queerness in the company. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really safe place for me. When I first started working there, I was in a long distance relationship with my first girlfriend. Just as a side note, don't do long distance. 
assistance team. It's really fucking hard. But that felt like a safe environment. That was fine. I was a little hit and miss about my second job, which eventually I started dating someone new. We dated for a long time. So that became a part of, you know, like she would come in and, and bring me lunch or whatever the case may be. And that was all more or less comfortable. I worked a couple of jobs within that and they were perfectly fine. Again, like tended to be surrounded by a significant amount of queer people, which helped. And then I did a short stint with a company that had very traditional origins. There were a lot of them in smaller towns and rural areas. And a lot of the leadership had religious backgrounds, if not were overtly religious in the workplace. And at the time I wasn't in a relationship and I worked there for a very short period of time. And I decided that it was not a safe, comfortable thing for me to do to come out. And luckily I was single. I didn't feel like I was hiding anyone. I didn't feel like I was doing a disservice to my relationship. And I didn't work there for very long. I actually very shortly came to this job, which was why I kind of felt quite a lot of relief coming into this and immediately feeling like this is at least a safer environment from the get-go. And so it didn't feel like the safest place for me to be authentic and I decided not to. And I don't think that harmed me. I think that was a smart decision. And I think people feel, once they've come out once, they feel obligated to do it all the time and everyone has to know. And I'm lying to people if I'm not Or you're not being authentic to yourself. Yeah. If you don't tell people. And that's horrible. Sometimes you're just not safe. And also it's completely up to you who you come out to and when. Absolutely. you come out to someone, it's completely up to you. You're still gay or you're still whatever, even if you don't come out to people. Yeah. And people are always going to have questions. People always have questions and you don't have to put yourself in a position where you feel obligated to answer them. So I think that that is just an important note. Just because you do, in theory, have to come out all the time doesn't mean you actually have to come out all the time. Up to you. Every experience is is your own. But obviously with time and with practice and with knowing your surroundings and your environment, the constant coming out becomes a lot easier. Um, Especially because I feel like naturally as you grow older and you form new relationships and you put yourself in new environments, you're often indirectly putting yourself in environments that make you feel the safest anyway. I'm a big fan of being gay. Yeah. I'm a big fan of women. It's a very beautiful life to live. And if it was a choice, I would choose it every day. Of course, it comes with its challenges. And I am very, very lucky to live in a country that is relatively accepting. And as much as my partner and I will still get looks when we're walking through the mall hand in hand or sitting and having lunch together or whatever the case may be, I don't feel like my life is at risk every time I leave the house. And there are a lot of queer people that that do have have that that experience. experience. And I know that I am absolutely coming at this from a place of privilege, especially because I am also a white cis woman that comes with its own privileges. And I am in general not as at risk as some others in my community, which is an incredibly important thing to be aware of, aware of your own privileges and aware of your own experiences. And even more important to advocate for those that don't have that shared experience that you do. Those are all important things. Obviously, there is also this mindset of, you know, I I know a lot of queer people that are happy to be queer. They're not ashamed of who they are, but they also don't necessarily want to be big in the community. And that is fair. That's totally fine. That's completely up to you. As long as you're not being ignorant. I think you don't have to be going to all the pride parades and fighting all the protests and doing all the things. You don't, you're not obligated to do those things just because you're gay. But I do think it's important to acknowledge the experiences of those around you. And I do think that over time, you naturally gravitate towards people that have had similar experiences because it creates a kind of a foundational understanding of each other. Yeah. Which is lovely. The only time that It is hard, even in this country, to be an openly queer woman is actually when I try to go clubbing 
And when I try to go to the bars and have a boogie and just nightlife in general, if I am not at a gay bar, it's hard. And sometimes even when I am at a gay bar, it's hard. Going to a straight bar as a queer woman is awful. Going to a straight bar as a queer woman in a relationship and going with your partner is worse. I had this one experience of being at a club with my then girlfriend and we were dancing on the dance floor. Everything was great. And at one point we became completely surrounded by large straight men that were chanting and cheering and egging us on, you know, kiss, 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 very clearly for their own entertainment. And we were completely trapped by them. And that was genuinely very terrifying. Yeah. And And gross. So fucking gross. Yeah, really gross and really not fun. We did immediately leave that bar after that which felt like the only thing we could do but in saying that I once was at a gay bar and I was single at the time and I was there with a friend and a guy came up to me and my friend and asked us for a threesome which is not a unique experience in a gay bar very common experience um what I thought was interesting is that first of all no you're barking up the wrong tree second of all he then tried to convince us to have a threesome by telling us he had an eight inch dick and I was really very much like read the room sir it was absolutely already a no and the way in which you're trying to make this better is making this significantly worse. Yeah. That's like, not helping your you're situation. You're at a gay bar and you're thinking that the thing that will convince me to fuck you is your penis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The one thing I have the majority of the issue with. It's not adding up, is it? No. That's my general life thus far. I just want to take a quick note to say if there is anyone listening to this that is struggling with coming to terms with their sexuality or who they are or worried about what the rest of their life will look like, as cliche as it is, it does get better and And we have all been through really hard times, some harder than others. And I have complete and utter respect and admiration for that. But I am living the happiest, most love-filled queer existence. Disgusting. And as much as it is gross, it is beautiful. And everyone deserves to experience that. And just because you have been maybe told your whole life that being queer is unacceptable does not mean that you are not worthy of love. Yeah, Michaela and her girlfriend are disgustingly cute. (laughs) Fucking feral. (laughs) Sorry about it. Um, So... We're going to get into a little bit of the details around how and why and when and the general bits and pieces when it comes to feeling like you might want to explore or experiment. But I just wanted to quickly open up the floor to Siobhan to see if she has any two cents. I feel like my coming out story in quotes, because it's not really like I don't think I ever had that either. Yeah. The earliest memory of even thinking about coming out, well, that was like primary school. Yeah. I feel like that is when I kind of thought, oh, okay, I'm attracted to women because that is when you like practice kissing with your friends. And I was like, there's a bit too into it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Like, I'm enjoying this as much as I'm enjoying it. But my mum asked in high school, me and my sisters, if we were gay because none of us had any interest in dating boys. Yeah. And at the time I said no, because I was scared scared of what her reaction would be even though she Um, was opening up that conversation yeah but I I still to this day don't really know if she was opening it up with an open mind yeah or with or with fear fear. in her heart (laughs) yeah but my older sister has 
like got mum under her wing and is like always educating her and mum's like obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race now. Phenomenal. That is the gay agenda. RuPaul's Drag Race is the gay agenda. My dad has always maintained like even when we would have these conversations with mum at the dinner table or wherever he was always just like you're my daughters I don't care. Yeah. Or you're my son I don't care. Like whoever you love I don't care. So it's always kind of been a non-issue with him. Yeah. And my mum it's like a non-issue now but I just don't think we need to do it. Yeah. I think I've made enough jokes. Do you think it would be similar to kind of my experience that if you found a woman that you thought you were falling in love with that you wanted to be with yeah that would be the only time where you were like hey family I've got a girlfriend I've got a girlfriend yeah because I think they know that I'm not closed off to dating women Mm. like I don't need to tell them yeah they know because when family come over do you have a boyfriend? No, but I don't have a girlfriend either. So like, That's a I really good normalizing kind tactic. of come out to like everyone Extended in my family. family. But I think the only issue I have with that is that people sometimes think I'm joking, but yeah. I'm not joking. But I think the more that you do it and the more that you do it with a straight face. Yeah, and I do it with a completely straight face because I'm not fucking joking. Yeah. I'm saying, no, I don't have a boyfriend, but I also don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. I understand that the question that you asked is, do I have a boyfriend? I'm telling you no and then some. Because I'm saying, don't ask me that because that is minimizing the fact that I could have a girlfriend. Yeah, or I could not have a boyfriend. Yeah, like I wouldn't just date men. And if anything, throughout my life, I've imagined dating women more than men, even though I've been attracted to less women than I have men. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, men are the worst. Do you know and you have mean? a like, giant issue with eventually having to live with a man. Yeah. So like just the option is don't do it. No wonder you're fantasizing about women. When I have a crush on a woman, I like imagine your life, a life with them. But yeah. when I have a crush on a man, I don't, don't. imagine like a life with them or yeah. like dating them but yeah I don't know coming out is just such a strange concept to me because there's all this biphobia where like because obviously I sleep with men and I am attracted to men there's this idea that it's like a stepping stone like it's just experimenting it's not like an actual thing it's like oh you just want to be different yeah you're trying to get boys attention when that's like the opposite (laughs) of the truth like I don't I want women's attention yeah I was (laughs) hooking up with this chick actually and the one thing that really was like nail on the coffin like a no-go was that we were walking back to my airbnb and this guy was coming past on a bike and she asked him for something i can't fully remember i was fucked up but when he said no to her she was like we'll kiss for you and i was Mm. like that just really rubbed me the wrong way performative queerness is not cute not my vibe so i just went home alone and Kind of to what you were saying before, this idea of kissing for the validation of men or for men's enjoyment really bothers me and I don't like that. It's because you don't want men to have good no. you don't want men to have nice things. I don't want him to have a like to enjoy that. Like yeah, what the that's, fuck? That's, that's not for, for you. Yeah. That's not for you. Yeah. With my friends, I feel like coming out is just unnecessary. Like they just know. I don't know how I ever have come out to any of my friends. Yeah. I like could not tell you. Like a, a definitive moment. Yeah. I do have like a history of when I would tell friends that I was like attracted to a woman. Mm. I think that's probably the wording I used. Yeah. Or no, I think what happened was they would say something like, would you sleep with a woman? And you were like, Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those questions that people ask you like, would you ever kiss a girl? Would you ever blah, blah, blah? When you're first getting to know someone, it's like, yeah, I actively am trying to Yeah, I would prefer to right now. Thank you. I'm actively looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Literally any takers. I'm not really (laughs) fussed about their appendages no. like that doesn't bother me so yeah like most of my friends I don't think there's any friend that doesn't kind of know that yeah and you don't think that has impacted any of your friendships no I mean I will not lie there have been a few people who have been like were you attracted to me I'm like oh. we wouldn't be friends right now if I was because yeah. every single woman that I've been attracted to I am so scared of <laughs> 
women are scary and men are the it's worst. because you just never know if they, especially when I was younger, like I just never knew if they were friends or flirting as well. Do you want to be my friend or do you want to date me? Yeah. And I also think it doesn't help that I went to an all girls school yeah. and I never dated during that whole time. Were there open real, like public relationships at your school? There were a few, not a whole lot, but yeah. like there were a few. And some of my friends dated women yeah. in high school. And that wasn't the issue. I also don't think I ever really had a crush on any girl that I went to school with. Yeah. I feel like it also depends how, just from that first moment of meeting, how I click with someone. Most of the time, it's like, oh, we're just friends. Yeah. And the times where it hasn't been, I get really scared. And I'm really <laughs> like, nervous. I'm you. I'm and then I don't know what to do. But when I left school, I met this girl. And at this point, I would not had any interest in dating anyone at all. And then there was this one girl that I just had the biggest crush on. And my friend was like, yeah, she likes you. But I just didn't. You know, you don't believe yeah, it. Like, no, she doesn't. You don't believe it. And I just remember my biggest fear, which is, again, it's like such a juvenile fear, Yeah. which was if I dated this girl, everyone would be like, I knew she was gay. Yeah. I knew that the reason she didn't date anyone was because she was yeah. gay, which at like 18, that was like a fear of mine, which yeah. is like so embarrassing to me now. That was so scary to me that people would just be like, I knew she was gay. Like, yeah. I fucking know it. And as what a bi woman, so you wrong can't with win. that. And what is so wrong with people thinking that as yeah. well? Now I'm like, that's so embarrassing. If I had pursued that I could be so happy like I could have been so happy for like however long we were together blah 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 could have been great for me but I was so scared of something so juvenile and stupid that I put all these barriers up in my way and now that I'm older and I have not been with a woman I'm so scared to have to be like you're like maybe if I had just ripped off that band-aid yeah like now I'm trying to put myself out there like that I'm so scared of the conversation where I have to be like I don't know what to do I'm scared yeah but I think that a that is a very very normal train of thought and you clearly have a lot of supportive people in your life no matter what. Yeah. Which is also funny though because I also didn't sleep with a man until I was older. Yeah. And everyone was like, no biggie. No, my <laughs> friends were like, are you going to tell them that you've never owned it? I didn't. No. And they didn't notice. But my issue was I think a woman would. Um, I don't know. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong about this. But I'm like, I just think, no, actually, I think I'm right. Because... No, I don't think you are right necessarily. And I think being honest helps. Especially if you're if you're okay. sleeping with someone that is experienced. See, that's what I'm saying is that I think if I pretended like it wasn't my first time, they'd know it was. Yeah, and but with women, communication is better no matter what. Yeah, so it wouldn't even matter. No, and that's the beauty of it. So Sorry, men are very easy to please. Like, Well, there's just not a lot going on. There's just not much. It's pretty simple. There's not much coordination involved, multitasking no. needed. So no. it was easy to pretend. Yeah. But yeah, with a girl, it would be a lot harder harder but it's not no I mean harder Harder to to pretend pretend. yeah for sure and the beautiful part about that is that it's not necessary in the slightest and I think there's like more that we're going to kind of get into this about like when you're in this position of I don't have experience I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for I want to find out um obviously there's a bit of stigma and there's a bit of general discourse when it comes to experimentation and when it comes to exploring who you are there's like discourse about because I say that I am bi but I've never had sex with a woman people being like well how can you say you're bi if you've never actually done it have you had sex with a woman it's like Okay, (laughs) but if this was true, when you're young and you haven't slept with a boy, but you're interested in men. You're allowed to be straight. You're allowed to be straight. But me, who's attracted to women, interested in women, but hasn't yet slept with one, that means that I can't say that I'm bi, though. No, I can't say I'm attracted to women, even though I am, because I haven't slept with one. Yeah. If I 
hypothetically some universe never sleep with a woman ever. Yeah. Doesn't make you any less bi. Does it make, does it? No. That's my, that, that was a question. Yeah. And the I answer is I was not. Phrasing, like, it was a statement. <laughs> like, does it? Not that I even imagine that that is true because. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> but no, I, no, it doesn't make anyone any less bi. It's about attraction. It's not about sex. Yes. It's such an interesting, like, mindset that I feel like always comes up when I say I haven't actually yeah. slept with a woman yet. Yeah. Like, how do you know then? How do you know? I'm like, because I, I want get to. Fanny flutters. Because <laughs> I genuinely I want, want to. to. Like, what? Like, how do I know I'm gay? It's because I don't want to sleep with a man, nor have I ever been in love with a man. Yeah. And I don't see that being an option. So I understand what you're asking me, but that's not how it works. Oh, you're not sleeping with a woman right now? Mm. 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 You're not straight. Yeah. You have to be actively dating or sleeping with someone to have a sexuality yeah and then you're only allowed one and then you're allowed to pick one yeah you can only ever pick one sorry i don't know if we've got this in the show notes show notes or if we will have a whole episode on it but like there's also biphobia and the idea that bisexuality is not a thing it's just i don't even know where to where we would even begin with that no i have got a bit in here and we've all touched on it a little bit but i completely agree i feel like the conversation around biphobia and it being a stepping stone really fucks me off yeah my heart goes out to particularly bisexual women but also bisexual men they have their own collection of stereotypes and challenges the classic would you ever be with a bisexual man yes i feel like if i was a straight woman i would exclusively date bisexual men no i've had conversations with people about this topic of like would you be with a bisexual man and just like as we talked about last episode it's homophobia yeah that would be the only reason you would have an issue with it yeah someone literally said to me that the problem that they had was the idea that he'd had a dick and his ass which I'm that's like, homophobic first of all you're assuming that all bisexual men are all, yeah that's exactly what i was about to say yeah. and secondly where's the issue what is the problem i'm like okay but you don't mind a straight man having fucked a bunch of different women like what is the difference homophobia is the difference yeah i would prefer to date a bisexual man because i can't date a gay man that's really upsetting <laughs> but i can't simply not an option. i fucking can't date a gay man which is so upsetting yeah a bisexual man is the closest i could get i mean we've that. talked about the attractiveness of those that are comfortable in their sexuality. Yeah. And I feel like that's built into it by men. Literally. I that's that's what it is. It's yeah. like so sexy that you just you love who you love, you like who you like. Yeah. It's difficult for bisexual women because when you're talking to straight men, they're fetishizing your experience and trying to have threesomes and trying to really capitalize on your attraction to women. Yeah. And when you're a bi woman in a relationship with a woman, there's all the discourse around being afraid that there's something that they can't give you, that you're and leave them for a man that you're just experimenting or there is no real love or attraction and I think all of that comes from a, a deep-seated insecurity from the individuals in the situation mm. not from fact in any way shape yeah, or form which isn't unfair like I get that everyone is insecure yeah that's completely understandable everyone is insecure mm. but there's a level of how can bisexual people win yeah like we just can't win either we're straight we're experimenting where whatever promiscuous (laughs) promiscuous. there's just no winning no and it's awful like I said I have the utmost empathy and sympathy for bisexual people in general specifically bisexual women because I feel more connected to that experience rather than the experience of a bisexual man yeah which Um, I would be really curious to know what that experiences like yeah okay I do want to take a little bit of time because I know that anyone that's actually listening to this episode 
being like, how do I explore my sexuality? How do I experiment? How do I explore? How do I do that respectfully? I'd love to know this as well. I do want to get into a little bit of like maybe some some tips, some thoughts, some things to consider. And when I was a teenager, the only way that we kind of knew or at least were exposed to how to figure out who you were and what you were into was a Tumblr, RIP to the good days of Tumblr. Yeah. And a multitude of am I gay quizzes. Just did one recently. Nice. And thoughts? I don't know if this was in the podcast that I told you about this, but my friend did it first because we watched Heartstopper on Netflix and yeah. I love when he does the am I gay quiz. It's a the, universal experience. Every single thing he Googled in that show, perfection, hilarious. <laughs> like I was obsessed with everything he was Googling and I was watching with my friend and we did the quiz and she got, you might be bisexual, like mm-hmm. explore. And I was like, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Did the quiz. It was like, you are a lesbian. And I was like, <laughs> and you're like I didn't oh, know that was an option. Interesting. Interesting. Which I kind of get because as we talked about earlier, lots of the questions in the quiz were relationship based. Yeah. And I see at least like you it's can a lot envision. easier for me to envision myself with a woman because I feel like a lot of the issues I have with relationships and dating are like viewpoints as me and Michaela were talking about off air like yeah. it's hard for me to imagine being with someone that doesn't have the same kind of worldview as me yeah. and I feel like it's a lot harder to find and the opposite agenda that's fair that's just because I think men are dumb but yeah it's just hard so I got <laughs> you might be gay that's fun and fair around and I was like I intend to. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm all right. I love that I say I'm trying, but for either gender, <laughs> niche. I'm doing niche out there. Good. I go home, watch TV, go to sleep, repeat. Yeah. Like I'm not dating anyone. I'm not going on dates. I'm not no. actively using dating apps, which is ironic. Yeah. We're sponsored by a dating app, and I could very easily. I'm just tired. <laughs> I I'm just exhausted. Don't have the, <laughs> the idea of going on a first date right now makes me want to cry. So yeah. I mean, first dates are a lot, and we've had that conversation. Rewind to our first date episode. Um, so yes, that was the standard to learn more, trying to expose yourself to more. Obviously, people still take the Am I Gay quiz because A, it's funny and B, if you're extremely closeted, you will pick all of the answers that will give you the straight, straight outcome, which again, a universal experience. But we have progressed a little bit more than that, I think. I'd hope so. I think things are coming out of the shadows. I think obviously this is situational. This depends on where you are and who you surround yourself with, but comparatively, the world is a much more accepting place than it was even a decade ago. Yeah. And that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. But more than that is that we are and have been and will continue to be a more connected world than ever. And my kind of top tips for trying to figure out who you are, first of all, because you don't know doesn't mean that you're alone. There are so many people that don't know and that's not necessary. That's not at all an issue that you might not be sure. And I know that it feels like you think that everyone around you just knows who they are. It's bullshit. No one knows. Everyone's still figuring it out. And the best thing that I can recommend is really trying to find a community or a safe place or at least resources. Resources always sounds strictly educational, um, but that's not what I mean. Exposure to books, to media, to film, to fucking social media, to people that live the life that you want to live or at least exposing you to different options than what you might think is possible yeah and I spent so much of my youth being obsessed with queer youtubers that was like a big part of my like growing up experience oh yeah and because that was me actively trying to find community and trying to find access to people who I felt we shared some kind of foundational understanding. I will of never each other. forget the earth shaking when Ingrid Nielsen came out. I 
could tell you where I was in that moment. Yeah. That was honestly really groundbreaking. I know that it seems like a really small thing, but Ingrid was a very heteropresenting woman in a very feminine field, all of which are things that aren't typically accepted Even when it comes to queerness, femininity and queerness is not something that is typically widely accepted unless it's for fucking sexual gratification. And it was so left field and no one expected it. Yeah. She was also in a very public, very long term hetero relationship. And having that kind of vulnerability with someone that whether you have met them in person or not, you have probably a longstanding connection to is fucking major. Yeah. Like that was like genuinely groundbreaking. And again, the flip side of that is that it does kind of reiterate the need for some big emotional coming out experience. I get what you mean, but I feel like with that kind of thing, it's a lot different because she had an audience. and she wanted to be authentic. Yeah. I feel like just to confirm to the people out there, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Unless you want to. Yeah. Like, you can... You can make a big song and dance about it if you want to. Beautiful. Power to you. But you also don't have to if you don't want to. It doesn't have to be a big deal. She didn't have to either and there's so many different ways to approach it even as a celebrity you don't have to absolutely like even the discourse around Shawn Mendes sexuality and him being like why do you keep asking me this why do you care why does it matter yeah it's like a weird thing to expect famous people to come out all the time yeah but also when they do it is amazing though I won't I won't lie and say it's not great when they do but like no one's expected to do anything that they're not ready for or not comfortable with yeah and obviously we have had the very recent news of Rebel Wilson and how she was effectively outed before she necessarily wanted to and this is the awful thing about being in the limelight and people have these expectations on you to know your life to know the intimate details of who you are Mm -hmm. and oftentimes to push you into that position before you're making that active choice. Yeah. Reading that article by the guy that was trying to out her and said, we asked for a comment and then she like stole our story from us basically and announced it herself i'm like are you fucking kidding me yeah she can't steal her own life yeah sorry what do you mean stole your story it's her life her life a story to her it's literally her life what yeah just insane it's insane and i really genuinely and this is super naive thought we were almost Beyond past that. that. Yeah. Why is everyone so concerned with who people are fucking? It's none right. of your business. Are you dating anyone? Are you Have you yeah. got a boyfriend? It's like, why are you so concerned if I'm getting dicked down? Yeah. Why is that anything why, to do with you? Why do people, why are you asking me this? Like, it's so strange yeah. to me. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, why do we care? It's literally like programmed into you from essentially birth that you are meant to find a partner, oftentimes a opposite sex partner, and to be monogamous and married and live happily ever after. Just fucking grow up. Jesus. (laughs) Boring. Yeah. I'm 23 years old. Why should I be settling down right now? Yeah. 23. Sounded a lot better when I'd be like, I'm only 21. (laughs) (laughs) Life is fun and chill. Yeah. It's getting a little bit less fun and chill. A little bit less chill. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, as much as I don't think celebrities or online personalities or whoever it might be owe us that insight into their lives I do think when people feel vulnerable enough and comfortable enough to have those conversations and share those parts of themselves I do think it is really meaningful for their audience their audience the people who have that connection or that or feel 
similarities with that person and maybe couldn't necessarily pinpoint what they were or why they felt so connected to them and having that kind of like it's not necessarily that it's because they are also gay that's not really what I'm getting at but it's the impact of community and finding people that you connect to found family is my favorite genre yeah of anything ever yeah it is a beautiful thing we will get into the more experimentation side of things in a little bit because that's kind of a different can of worms but I just as much as I wish that there was some perfect test that you could take to fully understand what your brain and your body want and for that to just stay that way forever there's there's not and as a society we put a huge amount of pressure on people particularly young people to put themselves in a box and label it and have that be it forever as much as a lot of the time that pressure is coming from external sources and maybe it's coming from parents or authority figures in your life that you feel like you can't disagree with or go against the curve or whatever the case may be my kind of biggest tip when it comes to exploring who you are and trying to figure out who you are is trying to alleviate as much of that pressure as possible and even if it's coming from external sources trying your best not to put it on yourself because stressing about whether or not you're straight or you're gay or whatever it's not doing you any favors and it literally doesn't matter you are who you are and it's a beautiful thing and there's nothing to be ashamed of despite whatever your environment is telling you so just learn get involved find communities you can watch movies you can read books anything that makes you feel connected to exploring parts of who you are or finding like-minded people it's going to help you better understand who you are also some self-reflection but that's not always possible exactly you know okay we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsors hud app hud app is a dating app with the sole mission of helping you get your rocks off with people who like to do it how you do say goodbye to swiping and hello to endless scrolling scroll through all your potential hookups and send a message request to the bang of your dreams the good girls are all about being honest open and fucking kinky so using my bedroom you can add what you like receiving or giving between the sheets and find your perfect match today download hud app from the app store Okay, we're going to get into into the chat about experimentation. I have titled this segment, Respectfully, I Am Experimenting. And I just did that to highlight the respectfully part. This part of this conversation is going to be quite sex and intimacy focused. As much as, like we've talked about, sex does not equate attraction and therefore does not equate sexuality. If you have not had sex or however you define sex with the same sex partner, but you feel attraction towards them, you can still and identify however you want. So if this is the part of the podcast that if you have gone through the thought process, thought, yeah, I'm attracted to the same sex, but I don't know if I see myself in relationships, forming romantic connections. I want to bang, but I also haven't done that before. This is just a lot more of the emphasis on the sex side. So as you guys know, we harp on a lot in this podcast about the benefits of masturbation. It's it's a pretty nonstop conversation with us because it kind of reaffirms that knowing your body, knowing what you like, knowing what works for you so that you can communicate that with others. Experimenting with your sexuality draws some parallels, but not all. The mentality of you don't know if you don't try is a potentially quite damaging one because you can absolutely know without trying. And I actually implore you to not try if you are quite certain that you're not interested in this person. Like, yeah. I don't know why you would want to potentially hurt someone or waste someone's time yeah. when you know you're not. Yes. Do you which, know what I mean? Which kind of ties into that performative side of things that we've talked about. So I definitely don't want to encourage the narrative that 
you have to sleep with someone of the same sex to determine that you are gay, bi, pan, etc. Yeah. Those things do not equate. However, if you are interested in exploring sexy situations that you have not been in before and that you don't necessarily know the outcome that you're looking for, the most important thing is communication. And transparency. Honesty, authenticity, communication. If you only know that you want to sleep with them because you have that initial attraction, but you don't yet know if you can see yourself falling in love, being in a relationship, a long-term relationship, if you don't know the answers to any of those questions, I believe that it is important to communicate that. I struggle with the negative discourse when it comes to experimentation because I think everybody deserves fair fucking opportunity to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And it can be part of the process. I'm trying to figure out the best ways to word this because I don't want to negate or deny anyone's experience. But I understand where a lot of the discourse comes from, from lesbian women when it comes to experimenting by women or unicorn hunting or whatever the case may be. As a stereotype, queer women fall hard and fall fast. And a lot of that is due to communication and honesty and authenticity and things like that. But like we talked about in probably one of the first or second episodes that we did, it is a lot easier for queer women to form meaningful relationships a lot faster because there is this built-in understanding of each other. Yeah. If your intention is not to be in a relationship with someone, you need to tell them, especially in my opinion, with women loving women relationships. Even if you don't know, because yes, you might get the response of, I don't want to get involved with someone that doesn't know who they are. I went through quite a big part of my life. I was probably very early 20s, late teens, where at that point I had come out, I'd been in a long-term relationship, I'd come out of that, and I was not at all interested in being with someone that wasn't out. And I had my own reasons for that, and I think that mentality is valid because, again, it's about communication. I had no interest in being someone's secret, and I had no intention of hiding somebody else. And that was a rule that I made for myself because I felt like it was a step backwards. And so when I found myself in a position where I was very, very casually seeing someone that I'd met online and I then later found out that she wasn't out, I really struggled with that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd had the wool pulled over my eyes a little bit. Everything up until that point had looked like this had the potential to maybe become a relationship, maybe become something serious. It very much wasn't, but it felt like it had potential. And as much as people don't owe you necessarily an explanation I feel like if you are not willing to give them an explanation you are opening up the potential to hurt someone and I was quite clear from the beginning I think I made jokes about it and then I think I talked about it quite seriously of like you know I'm out to my family everyone is very supportive I have no interest in being with someone that is still in the closet everyone on their own timeline everyone do their own thing whatever you're most comfortable with I understand that those situations are different but when it comes to who I want to be dating That was not it. Yeah. Because I feel like that is the key thing. You shouldn't force someone to come out, Mm. but just because you can't force someone to come out doesn't mean that you should have to stay with someone and wait for them to come out. I wish I could word it better. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying where it's like, you shouldn't force people to come out, but you also shouldn't limit yourself and what you need and what you require from a partner. There will be somebody who is in the same situation as them looking for the exact same thing as them and they'll be perfect together. And just like with you, you moved on and found someone that was perfect for you. It's around what you're both looking for and 
what you need from each other. Yeah, you definitely can't and definitely shouldn't force anyone to mould their lives and their external relationships into something that works for you. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're coming into this situation, like I am a proud queer woman, I want to be with someone that is going to be proud to be with me. I want this to be open and honest and this is the relationship that I want. As long as you're being upfront about that, I don't think that there's an issue. I don't think it's wrong for queer women to not want to be with experimenting women. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I do think Obviously, experimentation doesn't necessarily equate to a complete, oh, nope, this isn't for me. And it doesn't necessarily equate to, sweet, I'm all in. It's very much an individual situation. And not wanting to be caught up in the middle of that doesn't make you a bad person. But for every person that says that they don't want to be with someone that's experimenting, there's going to be other ones that are fucking chill about it. Yeah, more than happy. More than happy. And because, you know what? Women can have casual sex. It's shocking, I know. But women can have sex without wanting a relationship. It's probably more enjoyable. It's pretty crazy. Ooh, hadn't thought about that. But yes. So not everyone is dating for the intention of a relationship, which means that you will be able to find someone that's not dating for the intention of a relationship. Yeah. It's chill. Just chat about it. Have a combo. For those that do have very kind of aggressively negative opinions when it comes to experimentation when you're a queer person, that will show some true colors and will raise some red flags from the earliest possible point. So like, do yourself a favor. Don't waste any time, you know? Yeah. Don't waste yours or their time. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing. That's why communication and honesty and authenticity is so important. It's not to say that anyone is inherently right and anyone is inherently wrong. It's just about finding the person and the situation and the environment that works for you, for you and for them. Absolutely. But where do you meet these people? Where do you meet them? Maybe you are in a small town like I was where you don't have queer people around. Maybe you simply don't know any queer people, don't have any like direct line of access into the queer community. And so dating apps are absolutely an option. Yeah. When you are of consenting age and you're not using dating apps as a child, which is more common than you'd think dating apps are absolutely an option and uh, i know that there is a lot of discourse online about queer women being frustrated by experimentation by unicorn hunters do i need to explain that term can you please so i i haven't really known what you were talking about this whole time that i was too embarrassed to admit that i don't know so i use unicorn hunters in the term in the sense of oh wait can I guess? Mm-hmm. A woman on an app that's on there to find a third for her and her partner, Correct. her and her boyfriend. Fuck, I'm good. You're so good. You know the things. And that is definitely frustrating. And I will admit that when I was single and using dating apps, that is a frustrating element. When you're actively looking to find someone to be in a relationship, getting bogged down with all of that is is exhausting. Which is why it's good HUD has couples feature. <sighs> so you know it's a couple. Makes life so much easier. Literally. There's filtering and couple profiles just to avoid all of that bullshit. No, because yeah, I know exactly what we mean. I've encountered that as well. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't even fucked a woman yet. I'm not yeah. really keen on adding a man to the mix no. for the first time. So No, I'm okay, thank you. But I do think, you know, regardless of all of that, we do need to take a moment to kind of change the mentality around experimentation. It is a luxury to just know yeah. and to just go for it. Like that is a luxury. Not everyone has that. And so uh, especially when you use dating apps, you're setting your filters appropriately. You're starting the conversations out appropriately. There's nothing wrong with using a dating app to experiment. Again, it all just comes back to that. What would you say in like the first few messages if you're wanting to experiment on a dating app? I would probably ask them what they're looking for 
to start with if that wasn't overtly clear and then I would be like hey just so you know for the sake of like honesty and wanting to respect you and what you're looking for I don't exactly know what I'm looking for I don't exactly know what I'm into and I am trying to find ways to understand that about myself if that is not something that you're interested in being a part of I completely understand and I would rather not waste your time or mine obviously various variations of yeah of of that kind of of that kind of thing but you're highlighting respect you're being honest and you're making it clear that regardless of this other person's opinion on what I've just said if it's up to them and this the ball's in their their court I'm not doing anything wrong all I'm doing is being upfront, and that can obviously be a couple of messages in you don't have to put it in your bio you don't have to put it I mean obviously that level of transparency is nice but people don't fucking read bios anyway and in an ideal world there would be filters and profile tags to make that all as transparent as possible but yeah don't rule out dating apps just do it nicely. Yeah. Kindness costs nothing, you know? I want to kind of round out this conversation by talking about some quintessentially gay moments, but only upon reflection. I grew up, like I said at the beginning of this, I didn't necessarily think that I was gay. I knew that I was attracted to women, but it wasn't a conscious thought. And I was just vibing, which meant that there were a lot of things that weren't even necessarily gay that in hindsight feel so gay. Um, And so I just thought we could have a super fun time talking about, like, I know we've done our sexual awakening episode, but look, we were exclusive on animated animated characters. And honestly, you're welcome. If we hadn't, that episode would have been four hours long. We have a lot of thoughts and feelings about these things. But I just wanted to run through some moments in film and TV that really were like, oh yeah, that's gay. But only in hindsight. So starting off with what was potentially, in hindsight, the biggest sign that I was a queer woman. Mm -hmm. And that was my deep-rooted, soul-crushing obsession with the movie Bend It Like Beckham. And I understand that that was a wild sentence from start to finish. But first of all, Keira Knightley, I'm not blind. Second of all, there was a lot of gay undertones in that movie. First of all, have you seen the movie? Have you seen oh, Bend yeah. It Like Beckham? Okay. Of course I've seen Bend It Like Beckham. <laughs> okay. All right. Just had to check. The moment where Jess is being asked if she's a lesbian. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm like, she should be. All of this should be. It should have been between the two female characters. Yes. Absolutely. And the way that they made that part of the storyline because it's what all of the extended family started to assume i'm like let's just run with it baby let's just absolutely run with it also babes and sports bras and and fucking sports shorts running around a field say fucking less what is the issue here even the fucking main male love interest kind of gay in a lesbian way he definitely should have been gay in In a a lesbian lesbian way way. it's so funny that we're talking about this because at my like 11th birthday me and my sister had a joint party and mum went to video easy and got this movie called Debs have you seen Debs you clearly haven't scrolled down in the show notes have you Michaela has this in the show notes but talking about this made me think of Debs (laughs) we started watching it mum didn't know what it was about and she walked back in if you haven't seen it watch it right now immediately stop everything that you're doing watch it right now turn the fucking podcast up I don't even give a fuck yeah. Turn it off and watch Debs. I love that movie Cinematic so much. Mum walked in at a very gay moment and nice. was like, what the fuck? I'm showing these children like yeah. lesbian movie. She turned it off, returned it to Video Easy. We bullied my dad into buying it Amazing. because I wanted to finish watching it. And I've loved that movie ever since it's so then. Good. And DOA, Dead or Alive. Yeah. That movie, not gay, but feels, feels very gay. gay. Woman fighting yeah. in underwear a lot. Yeah. Just a phenomenal film. Yep. Devin Aoki is in both of them 
did I have a huge fucking do I still have a huge crush on her yeah I yeah. do yeah I'm pretty sure we've talked about my childhood obsession of wanting to be a spy so Deb's just really fulfilled everything I needed and more tell me why I thought I would be a Deb Literally. tell me why when I was doing my fucking written exam in English I was like they're gonna they're, they're gonna, gonna know. recruit me yeah they're this gonna is recruit my moment. me to the Debs phenomenal. no that's a phenomenal movie yeah all those cheesy movies from the 2000s are like the best I mean that the, the era of film that was the early 2000s was somehow so homophobic and yet so, so gay. gay. I love it. How can you be both and do it so perfectly? I love it. I love it. I love it. Next on my list, Stick It, the film. Do you remember the film Stick It? Is this the one about hockey? Nope. This is the one about gymnastics. Oh, yes. And it's got the brunette girl uh-huh. with the blue leotard. Uh-huh. Yep. Again, for anyone that hasn't seen it, please go. It is not a gay movie. There is no queer love interest in the absolute slightest. Does it feel like one of the gayest movies I've ever seen? 100%. I raise you whip it. Well, also gay, but more butch. Actually, no. Stick It was still pretty butch. There is the scene, if you're not familiar, in the movie where the main character has been at a hard day of practice all day, running laps, doing these tricks and falls, and at the end of the day gets into a bath of ice wearing minimal clothing and looking like she's had a hard day. And apparently that really unlocked something in me. I feel like... No, tell me why they make women in movies look like they've like been through it. Yeah. So hard. hard. We love a struggle. I think it's my deep seated need to take care of people that comes out. That like you've had a hard day. Let me do something for you. Yeah, let me help you. Yeah. It's your love language is showing. Yeah, pretty much. This so, is yes. just really highlighting how much movies like impact you as not only like your sexuality, but mm. I wanted to be in a roller derby team after that. After Bend it like Beckham. I wanted to be a soccer player. I wanted to be a soccer player. I forced my dad. I got obsessed with Manchester United. I forced my dad to buy me soccer boots. I lived in a town that didn't have a single soccer team, no matter the age, no matter the gender. I physically had no access. Did I go and buy those soccer boots for a ridiculous price because my dad is obsessed with football? which gave me an easy in to get anything I needed. Um, yeah, I did. Also, tell me why I'm watching Ted Lasso right now and I want to be a coach. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Calm down, bitch. And also want to date a soccer player now. Yeah, I get it. Mental illness. Yeah, but well, um, anyways. Know. The next one on the list is actually gay, but is beyond iconic again if you have not seen it you have to i have not seen this but i you have to. i know what this is the you have to natasha leone one yes so yeah. we're talking if, if you hadn't guessed by that giveaway but i'm a cheerleader i when i first put on but i'm a cheerleader i did not know it was a gay movie it was like obviously the gayest movie if you don't understand if you don't know the premise it's about a girl that's a cheerleader that thinks that The feelings that she has towards women are feelings that are universal, that every woman has, that every woman thinks, that women are hot, that everyone looks at women the same way that she does. Incorrect. And her parents send her to conversion therapy. This is done in a very lighthearted, not like conversion therapy actually is way. And again, that's probably a little bit problematic in now times. But essentially she goes to conversion therapy. She has this epiphany that she's a lesbian and she ends up falling in love and dating one of the women that is also attending the conversion therapy. It is so camp, so queer. We love to see it. My only qualm is that the fact that Natasha Leone isn't gay in real life feels like a hate crime. When did the movie come out? Oh, 90s. Early 2000s? That tells me, though, is that it would be hard to cast a gay woman in the 90s. Yes, but Natasha Leone continuously plays queer women and does an incredible job of it. And it feels hurtful. 
She could be bi. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think she has ever talked about it, but she, I do get you mean she, she has a gay energy though. Exudes gay energy. Yeah. She does have a gay energy. I've been like, cause Toto knows me. My whole algorithm has been tailored towards the second season promo of Russian, Russian Doll. Doll. And she looks phenomenal in all of it. Have you seen First Kill on Netflix? I've heard it is terrible, but wonderful. That's camp. So are most <laughs> shows on Netflix these days. No oh, offense. Absolutely. Oh, terrible, wonderful. No offense. And like, sorry, with respect, because I love Terrible But Wonderful. Yeah. The Twilight movies weren't exactly Oscar worthy, were they? <laughs> but we got four of them. Yeah. Five of them? One, two, three. It was well, five. Yeah, five. We got five of them. Four books, five movies. And I'm not mad about it because I fucking love Twilight. Yeah. But why is it when things are gay, they have to be like exceptionally good? Yeah. It's Moonlight or nothing. Amazing. Yeah. But even then, so few people watched Moonlight, at least in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I'm not speaking worldwide because people are more experimental and, and access to movies is easier. But yeah. But I understand what you mean, that it has to be like groundbreaking. It's held to such a high standard. Yeah. It can't just be camp and bad and, and great. And cute. <laughs> like, why can't it just be cute? Yeah. Why does everyone have to die? Question mark. Literally, they're still making after movies. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. Like, those movies are terrible. They're terrible. But people fucking, fucking watch Trevor, them. Terrible movies. But we've got three of them. Yeah. So just let gay movies be kind of bad. Yeah. And shows be kind of bad, but cute and fun. And, like, I used to be obsessed, low-key still am, with a YouTuber called Hannah Hart. I fucking love Hannah Hart. I've met her. And she's phenomenal. Where? She's so sweet. When? She What? Like, years and years and years ago, I think I was in Auckland visiting my dad or something. I definitely didn't live here yet. A baby. I was probably 16, 17. And uh, she came to New Zealand to do like some kind of tour thing, but not a tour. I think they, it was some kind of docuseries or something. I can't remember what it was. Was it cooking related? Yeah, I think it was. But... There was literally just a meetup at like the Auckland Domain. And it was also, there was like Can Food Drive, because I think it was like part of promo for the Have a Heart Foundation or Have a Heart charity. But yeah, lovely human, wonderful, kind human. Called me a woodland fairy and it's really stuck with me. And my like favorite thing about Hannah and the way that they wanted to do film and TV and, and all that jazz was to make queer relationships very bland in the grand scheme of things that were just very normal, happy and normal. And that was the whole aim. And when the three of them did Camp Dakota, the movie, Hannah's character was simply gay and happy and fine. And there was no issues. Yeah. And that was the goal. And we don't see that. Queerness has to come with a struggle. And that's why I gravitate towards A, movies that feel gay but aren't, and B, overtly camp queer movies. Yeah. Because it's fun. And stop making everything so sad and stop making everyone's girlfriend die or leave it for a man. Literally, literally stop killing gay characters. <laughs> like it's just not that hard. Give me heart stopper for women. It's my biggest <laughs> issue with these movies is that them being gay is the... The struggle. Yeah, it's the like climax. It's the critical yeah. juncture that yeah. the whole plot is based on. Yeah. No, I want a movie like The Wedding Date or My Western's Wedding. Yeah. Classic movies where the plot isn't around their sexuality. It's yeah. around the... Whatever else and you're making the, the plot situations about. <laughs> and the environment and the people it's like oh I'm in love with my best friend but he's dating someone else and whatever yeah like I want the that plot to can be still be the same the drama I don't want the drama to come from them being gay yeah it's or not like people not loving them for being gay and it doesn't help it doesn't help those that are trying to figure out who they are and what they want because the only thing that they see struggle is struggle and it doesn't have to be a struggle you can just be happy you can just be happy let gay people be happy it's really not that complicated I only have a couple more on my list here 
Debs, we've already discussed. Beautiful. Love it. And we did talk in our animated sexual awakenings episode briefly because it wasn't on theme about the parent and spy kids. Mm. Um, still, the mum was real hot and that cannot be denied. That is like how I know I'm bi because I wanted to fuck the dad and the mum and I was a child. Yeah. Not weird. Not weird. And because they didn't want to fuck me. So exactly. it's not weird. So it's fine. And I will follow that up with also not weird because at the time we were the same age that I had a big crush on Carmen. Oh, big yeah. crush on Carmen. That's um, very fair. Again, we were both children. So it's, it is fine. It is fine. But now, now I watch and I'm still wanting to fuck the parents. Yeah. I'm like, this is still pretty The opening brand. sequence from the first stop, movie. Stop. 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 I I, I'm obsessed. Can't deal. Clearly my obsession with spies continues and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Also Drew Barrymore. I have recently discovered that I have been in love with Drew Barrymore essentially my entire life. Fair enough. Phenomenal. And uh, Charlie's Angels really, really did something to me in a multitude of ways. But the car scene from Full Throttle really just was something else. Again, Drew Barrymore's character should have been gay. But Fuck instead yeah. they put her with two toxic men in both yeah. movies. And made her the stupid one for not recognizing the toxicity in both. And her kissing the guy that smells the hair, what was going on there. But I yeah. will say Sam Rockwell and the first one doing that little dancey dance in that cave. Yeah. I felt a type of way. Yeah. I felt a type of way and I saw where she, what she saw. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. But um, um, yeah, make her gay. And Lucy Liu as well. Actually, yeah, all of all them. Of them. The Charlie's Angels franchise is gay. It's gay. It's kryptonite to young queer women. Yeah. I want everyone to know that behind behind the scenes with my show notes, everything is an explanation, even in my show notes. There are paragraphs, there are run on sentences. The last point on my list is a simple name, Miss Honey. The way you sleep on Miss Trunchbolt like that is just <laughs> so goddamn disrespectful. That, that really is a different side of things. Miss Honey. <laughs> That is a pretty common, like, queer woman attraction. And I think it's partially because she was so kind and so beautiful and so sweet and, like, not to take a dark turn, but it was probably because there was something missing in, like, a actual parental relationship that you felt kindness and nurturing and that you were kind of seeking that out elsewhere. But a lot of queer women that I know have had big crushes on Miss Honey, and I think that's the sweetest because I don't think in any way, shape or form in Matilda they tried to make her hot. No. She was just kind and beautiful. And uh, all of the other ones on this list, yeah, hot. And it's not to say that Miss Honey wasn't beautiful because she absolutely was. But I do think there's a there's that element of kindness that I think as a child that feels different, which ironically is the entire plot of Matilda. There is something so special about getting that kindness from someone, you know? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, pretty cute, pretty cute, pretty cute. Okay, well, I'm just going to run through the last little takeaways from this episode uh, because it's been a bit all over the place. We've had my fun and fresh coming out story. We've had talking about exploration and experimentation, some fun, fresh gay content that if you haven't seen already, you definitely you must. must watch now. Um, and so I just want to round everything out by saying exploring and experimenting with your sexuality is totally valid. You can't and shouldn't be expected to just know who you are and that be it. Some people do and that's beautiful and I think that is a very lucky sounds minimizing but it's a comforting thing to know that that is an option. And you also don't need to have sex with people to know your sexual orientation. Exactly. If you are wanting to experiment sexually, which you are more than valid in doing, communicate, be honest, be authentic about your intentions and kind of where you're at and you will find someone that vibes with that. 
because at the end of the day, it's still personality, physical attraction are still all valid parts of the game. And I think, again, like you said, sex doesn't equate sexuality, which I think feels like an oxymoron. So identify however the fuck you want to identify. And coming out is a ongoing process. And sexuality is fluid. Things change. Just because you're one way now doesn't mean that you can't grow and change over the course of your life and experience new things and discover new parts of yourself. And coming out isn't necessary in the sense that it doesn't need to be this big scary moment that you feel like is going to define the rest of your life. As long as you feel safe and feel like you are not going to be in any kind of danger if you come out, which is also something that I feel like people don't talk about enough in terms of like the discourse always being you're not being authentic, you're not being truthful, you're lying to people if you don't come out. A lot of the time that energy is what is causing someone to not come, come out. out. Because there's no there's no safety. It, it's only fear and it's only worry that you're going to be, you know, abandoned or kicked out or whatever the case may be. And chosen family is just as valid as sometimes even more than the blood relatives that you're connected to. Exactly. Finding safe spaces, finding people to share your experiences with, to talk to, to get insight from are all wonderful things. And at the end of the day, queer life is beautiful. And as much as it comes with its own challenges, it is beautiful, even when it's scary. At the end of the day, there's nothing to fear when it comes to love. You know, it's just beautiful. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. I hope all of you in the US are having big, big, fun party times and celebrating your queerness and if this is your first pride congrats exciting what a moment um, enjoy it it's a party and it's a party because it started as a process let's not commercialize pride yeah that's a whole different conversation and not one that i'm prepared to have today because i will yell about it a little bit and if you want to buy pride memorabilia pride things buy from gay creators yes buy from small businesses queer owned companies buy from the people where it makes a difference and if you're buying something because it's connected to a charity do your research on the charity please because some people are assholes and you don't want to give your money to assholes exactly as always you can find us on instagram goodgirls underscore podcast or send us a lovely little email to goodgirls at hudapp.com thank you to hud for sponsoring this episode and we will see you next week goodbye goodbye